Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 127 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 12 through 15, where Venus Flytrap Man is always watching, Naruto sees crows at the twitch of a finger, and Mike Guy thinks maybe he knows you from somewhere. You know where I have seen you from somewhere? Do you remember that thing that you went to that one time in the place where you remembered that person with the face? Um, he was wearing clothes and uh, he may or may not have been a person. Yeah, I remember that. Well, good. Anyways, let's jump in. <laughs> Oh, here we are. <laughs> I feel like that was a real, like, he's on first situation. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I did that sh- uh, that skit in high school. It is so fucking hard to to learn because it's so, like, all, almost the same every line, but not exactly. It's really hard. It's like, I've said a lot of times that, like, the hardest things to learn in act, like, if you're, if you're trying to learn lines for a show, is, like, memorizing a list of things. Uh, or a series of lines that are similar to each other or that repeat exactly um but in like not in a row like at specific moments like it can be really hard because it throws you off uh, especially if the repetition is not completely exact because you get into your head about which one it is and then lists are hard because they don't always flow from one thing to the other sometimes they're just lists of stuff uh And who's on first is just that in a 10 minute skit. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, before we begin this week, um, uh, we had some uh, quick anime nonsense from over the weekend. um, And that was that we watched the Digimon movie and then did an episode about it. And the end of that episode is a little bit truncated because we like ran out of time. Because we were taking too long to talk about uh, Digimon the movie. Yeah, we really needed um, two episode- hours or more for me to be able to adequately discuss this film. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to be putting out that episode. I don't know in what form yet. I don't know if we're going to be releasing it on the, the podcast or um, releasing it yeah, like, via YouTube video. I don't know what we're going to end up doing with it. Um, it. It's mostly one of those things that I, I continue to think that like, I don't know if we're a hundred percent at our best when we're on like a video call scenario. It's so um, different. This, it's weirdly it's, different. Yeah. And I, I would say that um, doing a panel is super fun, but I would much rather do a panel in person um, because if you don't know, Blake and I both have theater backgrounds. Yeah. And one of the things in theater is that you need to be comfortable just like shooting the shit on stage with somebody at all times. And I am happy to do that. And I thrive with an audience. Uh, what I don't thrive with is video chatting with somebody on the other line while people may or may not be chatting with you through a chat yeah. surface. Uh, it's a very like artificial feeling scenario, you're, and I I, I I just don't think that I do the best on it. You're so right. It's uh, like uh, yeah, we you and I are both very comfortable uh, on stage in front of a crowd, whatever. We're very comfortable speaking extemporaneously. 
Um, and these are, these are easy things. We're also very comfortable performing. Um, obviously us recording the podcast is something of a performance, although definitely a stripped down one since it's not live, but we do know Mm -hmm. that you are listening. And so, you know, I tailor the way that I speak and some of the things that I say to the fact that there's an audience that is going to be listening to this. And I think Spencer and I both know how to do that and we're both comfortable in that space. And and you're so right that like when we're doing a live video, which we've done two live episodes for uh, Get Vocal, and then this was our first virtual convention panel, which was also recorded live. And it's like there are people able to come and watch. And so instead of right now, when we're recording an episode that you listening will hear later, but I know that I need to say things in a way that is more interesting than maybe I would normally say it, uh, or you know, more intentional or more performative or whatever, that's easy. I can tailor that because I know, I think you and I both have that, that sort of uh, baseline instinct for weaving together something that's, that's at least a little bit listenable. And then when you're in front of a live audience that's responding to you in the same room, you can feed off of that energy. And the virtual audiences are so in that like no man's land between space where it's like they're right there, but their energy is delayed at best. Uh, And it doesn't help that uh, with Get Vocal, our first time we did it, we did not know how to use it very well. And then uh, the virtual convention, we had never done a video like a live video in that platform either and so like not only is there this weird delay and this weird sort of separation between the live audience that you don't get in real life and that is totally different from recording but there's also like you know user error involved it's just so weird it's weird i mean i don't think the episodes are bad by any stretch but it's weird they're and they're different yeah um, that just uh, segues into my next po- next point, though, um, which was uh, I really enjoy being at cons. Um, I think that cons are going to probably re- be reopening in probably early 2021. Um, and I've already started to send out kind of feelers for going to different conventions and doing um, panels for them. With that being said, um, if we ended up doing that, I would love to hear what anime conventions that you, our listeners, go to um, so that I can try to figure out if we can become a panelist and be a part of those cons as well. Um, so if anybody wants to do that, um, we've started to get random uh, listener emails. Um, I've had people uh, that chatted with me over Reddit, uh, people that have chatted with me over Twitter, um, if you want to write to us, we're, we're happy to chat with you. Um, and then, uh, if you also want to support the show and make sure that we're going to more conventions and doing more random panel things, um, you can also support us, um, through Patreon. Um, we are starting to pick up steam with listeners, which is really, really exciting after, um, you know, we, we've slowly been building and doing this for a couple of years now, which is exciting, but, um, the past Three months have been our largest months ever for the show, which is sort of crazy and super exciting. Um, And I will say the most crazy thing is this past month that I've been just slowly watching so far, um, where we've been averaging um, between like 280 and 350 downloads a day. 
um, which is just crazy. It's a bunch. Um, so yeah, so it's just it's way more than we've had before. Um, I think a lot of that is just uh, I'm, I'm I'm making concerted effort to talk to you. And I would love it if you made a concerted effort to talk back to us and chat with us. And um, if you want to become a patron, there's cool stuff. Um, and uh, uh, we've we've toyed around with the ideas of doing like random voice people to talk to you, like uh, um, the Patreon one we talked about doing. Um, Ichigo is um, Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> my my Keanu Reeves as Keanu Ichigo, Ichigo impression is. Keanu Chico um, uh, is spot on um, and you can hear that for the first time if you become a patron Um, or if you know you want that to become a thing I'm happy I'm more than happy to do random shit like that Um, I'm also more than um, happy to to do some random things that if if you're looking for them as uh, you know, maybe some random crap that you want from us, uh, like doing a voicemail or doing like a uh, a random uh, thing for like a ringtone or something like that, I, I'm cool and down to do any of that kind of stuff because I think it's funny and random uh, when people have stuff like that. Um, one of our Blake and I's favorite shows is Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. Um, and they get, uh, people to record their answering machine outros. Um, and like, I think that's a really cool and interesting idea as well. So if anybody is interested in something like that, let us know. Um, but anyways, that's yeah, all I got because we're, we're uh, not going to like overhaul the way that we do this show at a fundamental level, but we can make little adjustments here and there. If you have, uh, things that you'd like to see or suggestions for us. Um, we are willing to take those into account and, uh, you know, the, the sort of like stuff on the periphery or the stuff that we're adding into, you know, go along with the show is all negotiable to, you know, varying degrees, depending on what you suggest, but, uh, we are, we're all ears to hear what you say. Um, also, uh, adding onto that, we really need to, we, I know we just did this, but we really need to re-record our outro to put this in there. We have a discord now, uh, and it is a lively place with interesting people having good conversations. If you want to be one of those people, um, then you can go. I think it's on our Facebook page. I know it's on our Reddit. I believe it's on our Twitter. Um, go find our social media. We have links to the Discord and you can join it. Uh, it's not patron only. You can just come and join. You don't even really have to be a listener. <laughs> like You should be because um, otherwise you're a bad person or something. I don't know. I haven't worked that one out yet, but I'll figure it out. But like, uh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but you should uh, you should join the Discord if you are looking for a community of people who are interested in talking about anime, uh, and you know, hopefully you're a listener. But it's not required. I don't know how you would yeah. know about it otherwise, but it's there. Yeah. Um. The last thing that I wanted to say, which is, um, I have not watched a ton of anime over the weekend. I have though been continuing to read One Piece. Um, and, uh, I, I am, I am still so much further into one piece than I expected to be. Um, but I decided that, uh, I wanted to, uh, number one, try out a couple of other animes that are outside of my wheelhouse. Um, and one of them I tried was food wars. Okay. I'm I'm currently reading that. I hate that show. Okay. (laughs) I, uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm like five to seven chapters in i'm still pretty early on definitely still laying the groundwork for what the situation is going to be and so far i have yeah. been very pleasantly surprised uh, okay did so you watch it why... or read it 
I've watched it. And okay. here's the reason why I I was like, I have to know what it's about because you told me that like when people eat food inside of this universe, there is just an explosion of like ecstasy. Yeah, it's and, almost always pretty explicitly sexual. Okay. So I I am assuming that the manga is not as insanely graphic as the anime is because the anime is too much. <laughs> and I was just like I was watching the first episode and I was just like, "Oh man, I this is one of those shows where I'm like I couldn't watch this in public and I could not watch this at work." Um so yeah. Like this is this is one of those shows where I'm just like, "Ah, oh, this is this might it's it's too it's too much I okay. So I think that there's a uncanny valley in anime um, between anime and hentai. Um, and if you are breach, if you're beginning to broach the uh, the anime hentai, um, uh, you know, uncanny valley, then you're probably not the best show for me um, as someone who does not like fan service really at all. Um, and also like the the slice of life stuff is not super for me. So when you you start going into um, a ridiculous world where things are hypersexualized, like eating food, um, it's it's probably not going to be for me. And hey, look, I know a lot of people like this show. There's a reason why Netflix was like, we have to buy this property. Um, <laughs> but I um, but I at the same time, I just I completely understand that I am not the anime viewer for it. Um, I would love to hear more people's opinions about it, though. Yeah. So if you have some opinions about it, let me know. Let me give you but a before... brief counterpoint from my my okay. uh, initial exposure to the first couple of chapters. I've not seen the anime. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Where I was like, maybe I should watch the anime, too. And I was like, you know what? I bet the fan service is taken up to a, a little bit of an extra degree. Like, you know, sometimes there's like fan, fan service is just like one of those things that comes with the territory in anime, unfortunately, a lot of the time. Spencer and I have spoken at length why we don't like it. Uh, obviously, I think probably everybody has some sort of fan service out there that they like. Uh, not necessarily anime fan service. Uh, you know, that that kind of stuff exists. The anime version just does not do it for either of us. Uh, and the way that it's done in anime often, I think, gets in, in the way of the plot. It, it tends to halt the story to do something that's not needed. Uh, and that that can suck. So... Uh, what I like about Food Wars so far in the early chapters is uh, one, it's got a pretty standard shonen style protagonist, which is very optimistic, uh, very resourceful. Um, he is also the already skilled shonen protagonist. So he is kind of the better than everyone uh, protagonist, but in a way that I have so far found pretty endearing because it is coupled with a pulling magic out of a hat kind of ingenuity. Uh, and I really enjoy that type of story. Um, I think that for a, a manga, which, uh, you know, uh, unlike the anime is a series of still images about someone cooking a dish that is then eaten. It is shockingly uh, engrossing. I found myself riveted and really excited about what's going to happen next more than once. And I'm only a couple of chapters in. Uh, there is just 
something about the way that these the, the sort of cooking challenges that the character uh, the main character Soma has faced are are um, uh, put together narratively that really has drawn me in and made me really excited to see how this all shakes out. Um, so I really enjoy that. And also, weirdly, the fan service works really well in the grand scheme of things. It is definitely gratuitous. It's very sexual, and it definitely includes some of those moments where, like, the genitals are obscured because of, like, steam, or, like, definitely there is one splash page where it was just, like, genitals or nipples or something were just, like, not drawn. Like, there was just, like, a blank, you know, the the lines just stopped before they got there, and, uh, you know, everybody's moved on, and... uh, it could be toned back a little bit, but there is a physical pleasure that comes from eating something so good that can have a full body and sometimes emotional experience that could be akin to uh, some some sexual experiences or feelings. So I think the way that humans generally are kind of wired up, there can be a little bit of a similarity or even a bit of like a crossover in the sensations that you have from eating a really great meal to having a really pleasant sexual experience. And so strangely, I think that the fan service works a little bit there because it actually feels relevant to what's happening instead of tacked on. Uh, it's still a lot, but I get it in a way that usually okay. I find fan service to be just sort of, uh, uh, I don't want to say unforgivable. That's really strong, but you know, a real watered down version of unforgivable. Like this was so unnecessary and it just like stopped derailing the plot with this. It's like, that's the reaction they're having. It is a sense of ecstasy that could be equated to that similar full body experience. Yeah. The other thing that I watched uh, the entire season of over the weekend, um, because I um, love the first season so much, um, is that I watched the second season of The Umbrella Academy, and I know it's not anime, but stick with me, guys. It's because it is anime. just It is so good. It's just, it's so, so good. Um, and they add in some just ridiculous elements to it. Um, uh, if if you haven't if you haven't watched it yet, there's a there's a thing called uh, uh, it's paradox. It's like paradox madness or something. Um, and I won't tell you anything else except for there's some farts involved, and it's just hilarious. Um, and uh, it's just a great show. Um, have you seen season one yet? I have watched all of season one. I actually finished it pretty recently. It took me a while to get into it. The trailer and the premise sounded like right up my alley. It was like a a reverse the boys, which I actually Mm. heard about people talk about them in sort of the same breath as being like irreverent deconstructions of the superhero genre, which they are. But for me, I, I thought that the boys looked like a completely irreverent, like teardown of superheroes, almost in a way that like, kind of doesn't like superheroes and i do like superheroes 
uh, and it looked like too violent and bloody for me. And what it turned out to be was exactly what I loved. Like I fucking loved the boys. I devoured it as, as longtime listeners know, I tend to watch one episode a month or something of uh, something like that. And I watched the boys within a 24 hour period. Uh, and I'm very excited for season two with umbrella yeah. Academy. It took me many, many months, maybe about a year to watch the first season because something about the snarkiness and the sort of like flippant humor uh, about how terrible everyone was just did not land with me. And then I, mm. I just made myself sit down and watch the second half. And I thought that was a little bit more my speed when things started to get more sort of weaved together for the climax. I, I enjoyed it a lot more. And I am now yeah, I think currently you're gonna excited like season for season two. two. Yeah, I think you're going to like season two a lot more than season one. Um, season one is, uh, it's it's definitely, um, think about it as a, a car that's having its difficult time for its engine to turn over until it hits about episode six. And there's only 10 episodes in each season. So like, yeah, it starts off slow. Um, it's It hits the ground running in season two. The engine did not turn off from season one. <laughs> um, and it is great. Um, and I, I really, really suggest that people watch that. Um, I, on the other hand, was a very different fan of the boys, um, because, and Blake will know this, um, there is, uh, there is a MacGuffin inside of it and I hate the MacGuffin because it is too simple and predictable. And that is why it frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah, um, we talked about this before, and I think we talked about it off air. So no spoilers very briefly. You were frustrated by it because you thought it was super predictable. I was not yes. frustrated by it, even though I did think it was predictable. Uh, I didn't expect it to show up at the time or in the way that it did. And I was excited mm-hmm. to see it. And so I felt like its predictability really just led me to a payoff instead of I think your predictability was like, ugh, this was just too obvious. And then yeah. my husband did not think it was predictable and was completely surprised. So your mileage may vary depending on uh, just how it hits you. Yeah. Um, with that last thing being said, I swear we're getting into these episodes. They're not a ton um, yeah. this time. I'm going to talk about um, Digimon before we start. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. The last things that I want to say about um, about television shows that are about um not anime but instead about comic books because i'm on a tangent now um is he's going the the two shows that i would suggest that people watch if they love um if if they love comic books and anime at the same time legion um i know i've mentioned it before but its uh first season is great its second season is better um and uh then a great show um which is called preacher and preacher if you like the boys is okay i would say if you like the boys and you haven't seen preacher yet and you also are not super devout religious (laughs) person you're gonna have a great time with preacher because the action is there the humor is there and also like you get to watch Hitler just get his ass kicked sometimes. It's a really great show. Um, it's just so ridiculous and it has so many turns that you don't expect. It's just, it's so funny too. It's, it's really like, uh, I was watching it and I was like, okay, 
this is one of the things that I can get behind with Seth Rogen because a lot of times Seth Rogen movies are not a hundred percent up my alley. Um, I'm looking at you, Sausage Party, you horrible, horrible movie. Um, <laughs> that was up a lot but, of people's alleys. Yeah, it was it was definitely not up mine, and I really hated it. Um, but this is uh, taken from a really well written um, comic book uh, graphic novel series. Um, and because it's coming from a very good writing series, it just needed to be turned into a adaptation from people who love it. And I think that that's where Seth Rogen and I can't remember his writing partner. Um, but I I think that's where they shine, um, is being able to adapt somebody else's, uh, work and put a slight spin on it when uh, adapting the lines to make them funnier. Um, instead of just coming from their minds, which is just like all farts and dicks all the time. Oh, um, you forgot weed. So, oh yeah, weed, dicks, and farts. That's really just all they all they seem to write about. I want to write that down as an episode title, but it's so unrelated to what we're talking about today that I'm not going to do it. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, talk about I, Digimon. I got to check that out. I think one of the things that I have a tendency to like about anime is um, they it's not uncommon to find some version of Christian uh, imagery or mythology in anime. Uh, I know Trigun and Neon Genesis Evangelion spring to mind, but uh, it's pretty common and it it shows up in different ways. Demons are also really popular in anime. And I know that demons are not strictly a Christian thing. They're very big in Japanese folklore, but uh, you know, I grew up, uh, in a very devout religious Christian uh, family and area. And so I have this sort of like association with these concepts and they are pretty fantastic and larger than life. And I love the way that uh, anime explores them and, you know, coming from a country that is not heavily Christian and does not have that, you know, puritanical Christian background like America does, they don't really have any qualms or concerns about like exploring it in a purely fantastic way and taking the elements that they want and twisting them to match the story they're telling. Whereas in America, people get really uptight about that because, you know, a large swath of the country is going to be deeply wounded by that and will be loud about it. And uh, that's kind of shocking that Preacher has, uh, I'm not going to say dodged it because I'm confident that it has not, but is, you know, going ahead full steam nonetheless. Uh, So, you know, yeah, I love that aspect about anime when it pops up. And I think that is a show that I'm going to have to check out. You've mentioned it a few times around me and uh, I'm going to have to look into that because it sounds like my kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about Digimon. It's just going to be a really quick thing. Not, a, I'm sure that there are some people listening that uh, ha- were not involved in the uh, live con episode. And, you know, as we said, we don't know if that's going to be turned into an audio episode that'll appear in this feed or what. So, there's a chance you might never hear it if you don't go finding it. And uh, while the Digimon movie, the one that we watched was the American one that came out around 2000. It's fun. I liked it. Spencer didn't. Uh, But it's, you know, it's an enjoyable romp of its time. Uh, And the Digimon series is, you know, something that I, I love because I grew up on it and Spencer doesn't because he doesn't or he didn't. But uh, as I've mentioned several times on this show, there is a new anime that is coming out right now called Digimon Adventure Colon. That is also called Digimon Adventure 2020 because the original series is also called Digimon Adventure. And that's from like 1997. So don't get them confused. 
but it is watchable on several anime streaming platforms uh, right now for uh, legal. You don't have to have a subscription to at least one of those to watch it. And um, it's really good. I've only watched the first three episodes, but they are quite good. The animation quality is high. The storytelling is good. It seems like they are really, uh, they're really trying to reinvent themselves in a higher quality, better told story format than previously. And um, like, seriously, if you have never watched it, you should watch this series specifically and then go back and watch the older ones if you are interested in the concepts that it's presenting, because this is maybe their best foot forward. And uh, that's the way to get started. Yeah. With that all being said, let's go ahead and actually jump into our episodes. And they are thin this week. It's because it's fighting. Um, it's it's not only it's not only fighting, but it's also like a lot of genjutsu, genjutsu like staring at each other moments. Uh, That's so true. <laughs> also, let's go three ahead and flashbacks in the span of two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, let's talk about what happened previously on Naruto Shippuden. Okay, so Naruto Shippuden is a sequel series to the anime Naruto. The manga version is all one series because Shippuden takes place after a three-year time skip from the original series. Our main character is Naruto. He is a young ninja in training. He's probably 15 or so at the time of this series, and he has become a lot more mature and much, much stronger than in the previous series. Uh, His old, or I guess former teammate Sakura uh, in the original series didn't really have much going on for her. She just kind of was around to be the third person on the team. Nowadays, she's super strong. She is uh, kind of good at genjutsu, and she also has uh, inherited the uh, great healing abilities of her teacher, who is the current ninja president where they're from. Their uh, mentor from the original series is currently their team leader. He is a guy named Kakashi. He has something called a Sharingan Eye, which is very special and important in Naruto and in these episodes specifically. The Sharingan Eye basically gives you a sort of uh, what's what appears to be a psychic seeing into the future ability to tell what your opponents are going to do. It also allows you to trap them in Genjutsu, which is basically illusion prison. And it uh, allows you to copy uh, other other ninjas' techniques, which is uh, what Kakashi is most known for. Um, he did not inherit his uh, eye. He has it. Uh, we don't know exactly why at this point in the series, but uh, basically he got it from a friend uh, back in the past. So he has, <laughs> he has one, uh, whereas people who are born with it have two. Speaking of people who Can are I born with it. Can I just say really quick? I don't usually interrupt these, but he got it from a friend is one of my favorite ways that you said that. Because it was just, it sounds like that first time that he got a little bit of weed. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I got it from true. a friend, Mom. He got it from a friend. We're just a, like, just that, holding it. That John, that John Mulaney thing where he's just like, you know, he found a, one cosmopolitan and a couple of cigarettes under my bed. And when I told my dad, my dad was just like, how does John know how to make a cosmopolitan? <laughs> Oh my god. Um, so, okay, so speaking of Sharingan Eye, the people who are born with it are the Uchiha clan. Uh, unfortunately, they were all wiped out except for two. One of them is Sasuke. Now I have that- a Maybelline commercial stuck in my head. <laughs> 
I don't know what I've done to you, and I apologize. So Sharing gun. Maybe you're born with it. <laughs> Maybe you'll kill your family. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So Sasuke was uh, Naruto and Sakura's teammate, uh, again, under the tutelage of Kakashi. Um, Sasuke decided uh, his whole life's mission was to kill his older brother because... Hooray, his older brother is the person who killed all the other members of his family. So he wants to go get revenge, but his older brother is older and has had more time to train and is also a complete natural. And so he has got to work real hard to match that strength. Um, Unfortunately, one of the villains of the series, who we're not going to go into today, saw that sort of desire for strength as a weakness in uh, Sasuke and exploited it. And so now Sasuke is off with that villain being vaguely villainous. And um, Naruto, Sakura, and Kakashi are all about getting him back. Unfortunately, they are currently distracted by the other Uchiha, the older brother. His name's Itachi. He is part of a group named the Akatsuki. The Akatsuki are, at this point in the series, a pretty mysterious and nebulous group of villains. Uh, We don't really know what they're about. Uh, We don't know most of the members. We know there's a uh, a lot of members, like nine or so. And we've met four at this point. Um, we've seen a couple others, but we haven't properly met them. Um, uh, but yeah, Itachi is part of this group. He's partnered up with this guy named Kisame because the Itachi members move in pairs. Um, both of them have been seen in the past looking for Naruto because fun fact about Naruto, he has a giant nine tailed demon Fox spirit sealed inside of his body. Uh, that happened when he was a baby and the fox attacked the village and then somebody did a big powerful sealing technique to lock it away and they decided that that human child was the place it was going to go. Naruto's actually weirdly not unique in this. Uh, Another character has a giant uh, tailed beast locked away in him. That's the one-tailed beast called Shukaku and that character is Gara. Gara appeared originally as a villain who could control some sand and had super murdery rages. Uh, then Naruto mellowed him out quite a bit. Now he is the ninja president of their allied village, the village hidden in the sand, also called Sunagakure. Uh, Gara has become a super cool dude, but also still has the ability to control sand and maybe murder you with it. Um, unfortunately, uh, other members of the Akatsuki came and attacked his village. They attacked him specifically. They knocked him out, and now they have taken him to a secret tunnel somewhere to do some experiments. One of those members happens to be the grandson of an, a village elder in the village, Sunagakure, where Gara is ninja president. That woman is named Chio. She is now upset that her grandson is involved in this mess, and so she wants to get involved in it too, and that's all of our players and more back, backstory than you need And episode 12. Yeah. Episode 12 is named The Retired Granny's Determination. Um, This episode, if you're wondering, is all saved and brought ahead because some dogs are good at smelling. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, Pakun and his pack of ninja dogs have found out uh, where they have where Akatsuki has taken um, Gara after he was um, defeated by uh, super explosive artwork. Um, and, uh, they are now ripping the, um, I mean, I I can't remember where it happens inside of these episodes, but all you really need to know is that there is a giant demon monster that's living inside of Gara, just like there is in every little boy. Um, (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) and 
one day, uh, a bunch of people inside of a shadow cult are going to come for the demon that's living inside of you um, and pull it out of your body so that it can open and put another eye into a giant monster statue. And that's and puberty. That's puberty, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you and I were on the same page there. Yeah. Anyways, um, so uh, so that's what's happening to Gara. Um, and meanwhile, yeah, they're going to... They're going to go and try to catch up and deal with it. Um, but they are going to be uh, pulled aside, number one, by um, a a character that we're, we're going to be very confused about for the entire time that they exist. I've seen all of Shippuden, and I am still just like, I don't think I 100% understand Zetsu. <laughs> Yeah, I Zetsu know is- what Zetsu is, but like, also, is he just a is he just a manifestation of things that pop up out of the ground, like <laughs> Venus flytrap moment? Zetsu- Why is his head a Venus flytrap? Uh huh. He is. Uh, he is the character. I, I know. I say this a lot. I actually say this a lot about uh, Naruto, um, but I I think I believe it to be true about a lot of long running anime, which is the fact that like. When you're planning a story, things change. Not everything that you plan makes it to the end. And if you're writing a television show or a movie or a book, you finish writing it and then you go back and you look at what you wrote before and you're like, oh, I need to update some things or change some things or see what doesn't work. When you're writing a a manga, you have a deadline and it is next week. And you, you just got to put out some story and some art to go with it. And I think that it's hard when you write a multi-hundred chapter story like Naruto to always get your ducks in a row from the the first hit. And Zetsu, in my uh, suspicion, I don't want to say opinion because I'm not stating this as fact, uh, you know, unequivocally, but I get the impression that Zetsu was the kind of character that got designed and then the author was like, that's cool. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. And then he I kind s- of did. Yeah. Uh, it, it made it, it, it made it more clear to me that inside of the Naruto universe, that the creator of the show did not always have complete creative control. When I found out from putting out our anime facts of the day, um, by the way, I do that every day on our Discord, just random anime facts. And one of them was that, like, the the people that he was working for were like, you need to add in a rival, and that's where, you know, the second most important character in the show came from. Um, because yeah, not, he wasn't originally there. Not to tangent too, too much, not that we ever would or ever have or ever do, but Sasuke didn't i don't think he existed at all and you know we talked about this way way back at the end of the first arc i believe like sasuke clearly dies and then like just gets back up one episode later and they're like ah he's fine and i'm pretty sure that was the author adding in a rival and then killing him off and i believe that he then gets revived either through a combination of fan popularity and the author backpedaling or uh editorial mandates And the entire rest of the series of Naruto, with the direct exception of the arc that directly follows that first one, which is about the tournament in general, 
every other plot basically centers around Sasuke. Yeah. <laughs> or has Sasuke you... and his relationship with Naruto be a key element to what's going on with Naruto during that plot. And like, that's the whole series from then on. Like the fact that he did not plan to have this character in there. Like what would Naruto have been without Sasuke? Because the whole show is about him basically. And it's just, uh, it's an interesting thought experiment that I don't have an answer to. Yeah. And I also, I also think that one of the most endearing things about Naruto and the, one of the reasons why this show, it sticks with so many people is about, is about these like friendships that are, are tied together with, love and not being an accepted person and uh people relating to like this non-acceptance and feeling like an outcast sometimes like one of the things that that was so interesting to me watching Naruto for the first time when I was like a, a young teenager is the fact that I was not a super popular teenager um and finding out that like you know there's characters that are written about this that get to do really fantastical things was something that hit me it really hit me in the feels it's the same so reason that i suggest that people love harry potter the mm. reason why people like flock to harry potter when they were kids is because everybody at that age feels uncomfortable in their body and weird and they want their friend group to be interesting and cool and magical like this friend group is inside of Harry Potter. And that is one of the reasons that people go to it and then they stick with it because the writing is interesting and the world is interesting. Yeah. So that, if you can. That power fantasy can, is so yeah. important in a lot of stories and especially in anime and superheroes and that kind of stuff. Um, also, yeah. uh, please, somebody out there listening, please, please, please take footage of Naruto and Sasuke and their relationship through the series and put it to the tune of Ariana Grande's love me harder uh, because I need to combine that song with the idea of Naruto just throwing himself at Sasuke over and over again to try and break him out of his funk, which is basically the series of Naruto and then make that video and then put it on YouTube and then send it to me. Please just do that. Whoever you are out there that's listening that has those capabilities, that's your assignment for the week. You can take more than a week to complete it, but that is your assignment. Look, I'm saying that I know that I have the capabilities to do this, but I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. So I am without recourse it must be you, dear listener. Okay, so yeah. um, so uh, this episode, the, the, there are like three important things. Um, maybe more shit. Uh, so Pakun, the ninja dog, he tells everybody where they are. Uh, Kakashi is like, okay, you and all the rest of the dogs who are not drawn at or featured in this episode at all. Uh, so they keep mentioning them and they don't need to. But uh, whatever. You guys go tell uh, Mike Guy and his team, because they're also on the way here to back us up, tell them not to come here first, because then they'll have to go. They'll basically have to double back or waste some time in transit. Just tell them where to go. Go meet them on the way. Don't mess this up. So the dog's going to do that, and uh, Team Guy will 
get that information and change their course. Next, uh, Kakashi, Naruto, Sakura, they're going to leave the Sand Village and the rest, the, uh, Tamari, who is Gara's brother or <laughs> Gara's sister, uh, and a couple of other ninja who have not been named and who have uh, just above generic designs. So you know that they're not important. Uh, they're probably going to die if they go on this mission because of the way that they're designed, but they don't. Uh, the uh, not ninja president, because that's Garin, he's not there. Whoever it is that counts as a higher up during the time when ninja president has been knocked unconscious, kidnapped, and having the demon ripped out of his body. Uh, I don't know what the line of succession is for that, but that person has been like, hey, you can't go for a reason that doesn't make sense if you think about it for too long, which is <laughs> if you leave, someone might find out that Gara's not here. <laughs> i get what they're going for one what the author is going for is getting our heroes out there without having to worry about these other characters (laughs) yes exactly that's really what's happening number two what they are in universe saying is uh these different ninja villages unless they are direct allies which the village hidden in the sand where gara is from and the village hidden in the leaves where naruto is from they are direct allies uh ever since the events from the first series um there's no problem there they're going to help each other that's fine they can turn to each other in the hour of need the other ninja villages could start a war at any moment at any sign of weakness and the ninja president being kidnapped and not being there anymore is a major sign of weakness so they don't want to send their ninja to go after this character in case that jeopardizes the secret that that ninja president's not there anymore and here's the thing you're still sending characters they're just characters who are less invested in this i mean it's naruto so he's actually not less invested but you don't know that this is not somebody from your village this is from an ally village and even though they're allies several of the characters have already expressed the fact that because of the way ninja villages work that allyship could end at any moment so why they're not sending their own ninja on this mission is uh, it's not something anybody could think about for a second because it falls apart under the slightest bit of scrutiny. But the important <laughs> thing is only Team Kakashi is going with one exception, which is Grandma Chio. She is retired. She's very old. She no longer works for the village. And as a consequence, she's like, fuck you. I go where I want. <laughs> In true old people fashion. Absolutely. She's really, she's really the Karen of this universe. She, <laughs> That's harsh. She is just, she is raid level Karen. Um, so, by the way, I hold on. I really, really want to throw out there, by the way, that like watching Karen videos has been just the most ridiculous thing that I have done for an hour of my time in the most recent weeks. Man, you're um, playing Russian just, roulette with your emotions there. <laughs> It's just so upsetting to watch these videos, um, except for the one that made me almost convinced that there is a zombie apocalypse happening, which is the one that is called Raid Boss Karen, and it is this very drunk woman going around without a mask on, and she's drunk in the streets, and she keeps on ramming her head into a glass door that she cannot break through to get into these people, and then licking the glass door and, like, screaming at them. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, sounds like it, maybe it's, not just drunk. Yeah, it's just, it, it just made me worried about humanity for a while. Um, and then I was just like, oh, what's over here? Different video. Bye. Um, so, 
<laughs> so anyways, one other interesting thing happens in episode 12 and then the rest of our episodes are basically a fight and I have a proposition for you, but I want to hit that one interesting thing first, which sure. is they talk explicitly about the tailed beasts. And I didn't realize that this hadn't happened yet because I have watched Naruto <laughs> many times and I know explicitly about the tailed beasts for many years. But uh, mm. I think this is the first time anybody hears about it in in universe. And if you're watching or reading for the first time, this is the, probably the first time you hear about it fully. Uh, we already know that Naruto has a big demon in his body. We also know that Gara has the same thing and it's pretty similar. Uh, but Granny Chio is going to reveal that uh, there are nine of them total. They have a they each have an ascending number of tails. So Naruto's has the most because it's the nine tails. Gara's uh, fun fact has the least because it's the one tails. But then each number in between there, there is a beast with that many tails. And uh, out there in the world, somewhere are people who are associated with those monsters. So the Akatsuki are going to be after them, too, if they haven't already been. So that's kind of major. That is honestly going to set the plot rolling for Naruto Shippuden in addition to the whole Sasuke business. Those are kind of the two things that move the plot. And um, also Kakashi is just going to offhandedly remark because Sakura is super shocked about all of this. And uh, Naruto is a little surprised, but mostly knows about it because he's involved directly. Kakashi is not super surprised because he used to work for the Ninja Secret Police. And uh, Chiyo knows all about it, but Kakashi is going to let her in on a secret, which is that all this nonsense is top secret in the village hidden in the leaves. Weirdly, I guess it's not in the village hidden in the sand or presumably the other villages. So I don't know how the word doesn't get out. But uh, yeah, nobody in the village in the leaves uh, is supposed to talk about the tailed beasts. And um, so because of that, Sakura did not know any of this. Uh, and what a convenient way to tell the audience. It worked very well. And I was pretty excited that this came up. And I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, that's a great way to stay in shape. Anyways. Okay, so here's my um, proposal. There's two fights. I propose that one of us takes one fight and one of us takes the other fight and we tell each other a story. Okay, that's fine with me. Um, so the next uh, three episodes are titled episode 13, A Meeting with Destiny, episode 14, Naruto's Growth, and episode 15, The Secret Weapon is called... <laughs> that was a great read. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Which so fight do you want? My suggestion is that I want to talk about the Kasame fight. Um, okay. Because I, I love it. Um, and you can talk about Itachi because I hated it. Um, Perfect. And so you (laughs) go first. (laughs) Oh, okay. I I was going to say you should go first because the Itachi fight is more important. But uh, yeah, fuck it. Uh, Okay, so. But less interesting. Way less interesting. (laughs) I I don't know that I agree with you, but sure. Um, Itachi shows up uh, in front of Team Kakashi. That, again, is Kakashi, Naruto, Sakura, and Chiyo. Um, he is there to stop their advancement because Zetsu, who uh, we joked about earlier but did not say explicitly, is a flytrap head, Venus flytrap head man who is able to pop his head out of different trees and surveil people and then report back to the other Akatsuki. So they sent two of their members to fight. Um, Itachi shows up with Team Kakashi. He's going to fight them. Of course, he again is Sasuke's uh, older brother. He is estranged from the village that uh, all of these characters but Chio are from and is deeply connected to a character that they all care about except, of course, Chio, who is just along for the ride. Uh, speaking of which, Chio is going to be like, oh, he's got Sharingan. Well, here's how we deal with that. 
When you beat a Sharingan user, the problem is their jutsu is powered by this Sharingan eye. So you can't look at them in the eyes, and if you do, then you're fucked. The good news is that they can only look at one person and catch them in a genjutsu at a time. So the way that you fight them is you have one person in front of them trying to launch attacks and distract them. It's basically laying down covering fire. And then, you know, if they get caught in the genjutsu, like, try not to, but the the... Good news is that you're going to have your teammate or teammates coming at the Sharingan user from behind. And so if you get caught in the Genjutsu, the uh, amount of time that it's going to take that Sharingan user to catch you will give us an opening to hit that Sharingan user. And when they get knocked out, uh, uh, knocked out of focus, you will be freed. And if all else fails, we can hit you and you'll be freed. And that is how we will beat this person. And Kakashi is like, that would be great. Except, unfortunately, there is a super version of the Sharingan called the Mangekyo Sharingan that Itachi has. And that allows him to put you in a super horrible multi-day torture session that in real time only lasts for one second. Uh, Kakashi actually experienced this himself, and he notes that he experienced three days of uninterrupted torture uh, that took place in one second, followed by a week of him being in a coma. So that strategy is not going to work. And the solution is just to fight Itachi by only looking at his feet and his torso and trying to read his body movements without looking at his eyes, which sounds really fucking hard uh, if your, you know, entire life training as a ninja has involved looking in your opponent's eyes for clues. It's going to be hard to break yourself out of that habit in a moment's notice, but that's what they're going to do. Um, weirdly, Sakura and Chio don't participate in this fight at all. So uh, they're just imagine that they are either standing nearby and talking about it or hiding in the nearby trees because that's what they're doing. So Kakashi and Naruto are going to launch a series of attacks at Itachi. Um, Kakashi is going to grapple with Itachi and uh, Naruto is going to try and hit him with his technique, which is the Rasengan, which is basically a, a giant explodey ball of energy in his hand. So he's going to hit Itachi, who he believes has broken away from Kakashi, um, Itachi will uh, look to be defeated, but then suddenly Naruto sees that his friends are beaten and injured all around him, except then his friends start to stand up, and it turns out that they are all Itachi. They slowly transform into Itachi, and now he's surrounded by multiple Itachis. And then he realizes the problem with all of this is that he is already trapped in Genjutsu. How did this happen? This is bad news. Itachi is turning into crows. The crows have eyes. So <laughs> Naruto needs to figure out what has happened. And uh, he notes that uh, I shouldn't be caught in your genjutsu because it never looked in your eyes. And Itachi, who pointed at Naruto earlier, is like, I gotcha when I pointed at you, which is I've got specialized bullshit. <laughs> Like, that's cheating. That wasn't part of the rules. So then Naruto is going to have at flashback. Him. Look at him with your special eyes. My <laughs> brand. Naruto is going to have three flashbacks that all could have been handled in one flashback, but they're not. They are all flashbacks to his training with Jiraiya, and three of them take place in the span of two episodes. Uh, I don't understand why they didn't just truncate this and put them all together, but sure. Flashback number one is Jiraiya telling him that he needs to learn how to break out of Genjutsu. Uh, the interesting thing that we learn here is that Genjutsu is basically your opponent hijacking the flow of chakra in your head 
to trap you in an illusion. And so you can break out of Genjutsu by stopping the flow of your own chakra. They are then no longer able to manipulate your chakra's flow because it's not flowing. You will snap out of your Genjutsu and your chakra can then flow freely and you can resume your fight. Naruto starts trying to do this and the crows start to fade away. But uh uh-oh, Itachi is way too strong. So now he has to use flashback number two. Flashback number two, which should have been just flashback number one, part two. Why is this happening? So he's going to remember that Jiraiya then tells him that sometimes Genjutsu is too strong for you to do that. For example, exhibit A, the present. So the next solution (laughs) is if you are by yourself, you're fucked. If you're (laughs) with allies, uh, then the allies need to push their chakra into you. And by doing that, you know, it's going to kind of muddy the chakra flow. Uh, So instead of stopping the chakra flow, it's going to change the chakra flow. And the Genjutsu user is going to lose control of you that way. Um, Naruto is like, okay, that's great. But right now I am currently trapped in Genjutsu. What do I do to get my friend's attention? And then he snaps out of it because they also knew this and did that uh, at that exact moment. So that worked out totally fine. Um, also in the meantime, Itachi has decided that Naruto's gotten much stronger because of the way that he was reacting to being trapped in the Genjutsu. Now Kakashi is going to step in and take a little bit of center stage in this fight. Uh, he is going to, um, he's going to do a couple of attacks back and forth with Itachi. Itachi still pretty much has the upper hand. Then Kakashi is going to summon some mist, which is actually a technique that he stole from Zabuza, the first opponent of the first arc of Naruto. So that's a cool little callback. Um, Mist is going to fill the area. Itachi is going to be like, the mist doesn't work because my Sharingan eyes let me see through it because it's an ninjutsu and you can't use that against me. Um, Kakashi, who also earlier said something really important that I totally skipped uh, before they start fighting Kakashi, when he's talking about the Mangekyo Sharingan, he's like, the problem with Mangekyo is you can't use it too much because I remember when you used it previously, you got really tired afterward. So he probably can't use it on all of us. And also, how bad have your eyes gotten, Itachi? And Itachi is like, um, that's not cool that you know that. And also, does that mean that you have Mangekyo Sharingan? And question mark, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Maybe we'll find out soon. So um, Kakashi is going to uh, approach um, Itachi and attack him again. He's going to kind of grapple with Itachi here. And uh, unfortunately, that puts him right in the path of Itachi's gaze. So he gets trapped in the Genjutsu, except the Genjutsu doesn't work because that's actually a shadow clone of Kakashi and the real one is nearby. And uh, Genjutsu won't work on the Shadow Clone. Also, because the Shadow Clone is grappling with Itachi, he's not able to get away from it fast enough. Naruto launches a Super Rasengan. It's the big Rasengan. And we know that because they say it, even though it didn't look any bigger than usual to me. Um, But, you know, there it is. We also get a flashback to go along with this. That's number three. And that is basically Jiraiya telling him that uh, he doesn't need to learn another te- technique on top of Rasengan. He just needs to make it his own. And so he does by making it bigger. And then he attacks Itachi and kills Itachi, maybe. And we'll get to that after the next fight, which is with Kisame. Kisame fight is so good. Um, it's between Guy, uh, Team Guy and Kisame. Um, it starts out with, uh, first and foremost... Um, a giant uh, wave that is going to be summoned 
Um, and this giant wave gives Kasame the upper hand because he needs water to fight the most effective way. Um, if you haven't seen him before until this moment, the reason he kind of looks like a shark person um, is because he is kind of a shark person. Um, <laughs> and so he can swim super fast through the water. Um, he can also use badass water techniques. Um, he also has a big giant sword that is wrapped in bandages that he carries around. Um, it's great. It's, uh, it's, it's a, it's, I, I really like this sword that he uses. Um, I, I can't wait until we get the reveal of the rest of the swordsmen. Um, just because I, I love them as well. But anyways, oh, yeah. um, getting back to, uh, this fight, um, I said this fight is more interesting to me for a couple of reasons. The first one is that this is going to be one of the first times that 1010 isn't useless. Um, <laughs> number two, Barely. Uh, uh, it is going to show what it looks like when a team can fight in actual tandem with each other or with each other and actually begin to take down a opponent. Um, and number three, it is going to just give us a, a great Mike Guy fight. And there are not enough of those inside of Naruto. I I will say this until the end of the time. Mike Guy and Lee are just two of my favorite characters in all of Naruto. Um, and the biggest reason why is that their techniques are just... They're the most plus ultra techniques before plus ultra was even a thing. Um, they were, they're just like, you need to go beyond, but in, in their, in their sense, they were just like, open the gates. Um, and, uh, so the way that the fight is going to start out is this big giant wave coming across the team splits apart so that they can try to get the job on Kasame. Um, it turns out that Kasame is way too powerful for this though. Um, and he ends up creating, uh, three different clones of himself, uh, water clones, um, and they end up catching the three members of the team that are not Mike Guy um, inside of that same technique that we've seen before a long time ago where uh, you're basically trapped inside of a giant water bubble and then you can't move around because you're trapped in water um, and you start to drown. Um, so Mike Guy is like, okay, I'm going to take away your weapon and I'm going to fight you with it. But turns out I can't fight you with it. Because uh, this weapon is uh, really pointy, I guess. Uh, it has like shark fins all <laughs> over it. And the shark fins can turn into blades and they stab Mike Guy's hand. So he's like, I'm just going to go full Bruce Lee and pull out some nunchucks. Um, and they're going to get into a fight back and forth on this. It turns out he is still not uh, powerful enough to take on Kasame without opening the gates. So he's just like, screw it. He opens six of the eight gates and then he just goes complete ham on Kasame. Um, he, uh, goes in for a couple of strikes. There's a little bit of parry and then, um, he releases, uh, I think they, I don't, I, I, I know that it's, it's like, uh, like a flaming Phoenix Lotus technique. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but what it really is, is, uh, Mike guy punches at such a speed that it lights the air on fire um, around whatever it touches. So it looks like a giant plume of a phoenix, um, and that hits Kasame. Kasame goes down to the ground, and we think that he's dead, but it turns out that both Kasame and uh, Itachi were just possessing 
two guys that uh, were redshirted in this episode. Um, and yeah, one of them they, we met before. He was a guy yeah. named Yura. He was an important Jonin, which is high ranking in Tsunaga Kure. And we saw that he was actually, he had like a Manchurian candidate sleeper hypnosis kind of thing buried inside of his psyche that the Akatsuki manipulated to get them into the village. And I guess that uh, also <laughs> led to him being fake Itachi. Yeah. It turns out that they have a technique that they uh, originally said were like, oh, these are like shadow clones. And the response back to this was, no, this is a technique that is far beyond shadow clones. They were being possessed and taken over by somebody's technique. Um, and the la- the only other time that we've seen a technique like this was uh, when we saw the bodies of uh, dead Hokages being brought back to life before, and that is a huge foreshadowing of what's going to happen later, Um, but it is also important to not skim over because we're starting to learn that even the people that you think that you're fighting when you're fighting against the the Akatsuki might not be the real people that you're fighting against. Um, There's going to be a lot of that happening throughout the you know, the entirety of Naruto Shippuden. Yeah, and um, also, but, they had this much trouble fighting against these guys, and these guys were actually just mind-controlled dupes, so how much stronger are the actual real ones? Yeah, they said specifically that they needed to remain attached to this jutsu that was being used, this binding technique for pulling um, the gigantic demon monster from outside of Gara into the statue, um, and, uh, because of that, they could only turn over 30% of their chakra energy to these duplicates. Um, and so that was them at just 30% of their power, which if we've ever learned anything from anime, that's how all people can judge the amount of power that they have inside of their body. Oh yeah. Don't you know that everybody has a gauge that they can just look at and just a be like, Oh, that's how much I have left. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's what happens in these episodes, and uh, stick with us to find out what's happening next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English. He's our level 10 sound wizard. Level 10? That's a lot of new levels. Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad free, and if you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 26 through 28. Wait, we defeated them. No, we didn't. Oh, wait, it's another guy, and he's in a mask. Who could it be? Wait a minute. Am I watching Yu Yu Hakusho, or uh, did I slip into Sailor Moon? <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs>